as the body goes bigger, the mind goes slower. It's great to learn because knowledge is powers. Schoolhouse Rock. No, it's Kirby's Disc Golf World. I am Disc Golf Jesus, who the person who still doesn't think Calvin Heimberg is that good. With me in studio, Swiss Cheese, the guy who puts motherfucking respect on Ganonberg's name, and Studio Two, JK Disc Golf. Hopefully, it's a hot take this hold. JK, tell them where to follow us. All right, guys, make sure to rate, rate and review the podcast if you enjoy it. It definitely helps us out. Follow us on Instagram at Jesus Disc Golf, Swiss Cheese, DG, JK Disc Golf, and Kirby Disc Golf World. Let's see your hot takes on Twitter at JK Disc Golf, Swiss underscore DG, and Disc Golf World. And see more Disc Golf content every single day. Subscribe to the YouTube and hang out for a while at Kirby's Disc Golf World. Nice. What's going on, fellas? How's everybody what's doing? Up? Oh, we're just going to blow past the whole song shit about Kevin Heiberg after he wins? Like, what's up with that? I know. That is kind of fucking weird, but that's, I, that's fucking... No, okay. I got a Jesus. stat for you guys. Got a stat for you. Which is kind of a weird stat also. I want to put this stat out here. I don't know girl, uh, her exact numbers, but I know Paige is really good, really terrible in playoffs as well. Um, but... Paul Macbeth losing another playoff. I think it's what he does. He's three and eight in playoffs, which is fucking absolute bull garbage to be one of the best disc golfers in the world to be viewed at definitely on the Mount Rushmore of disc golf to be that bad in playoffs is pretty sad. So I don't know if he won, if Calvin Heinberg won or it was a playoff, so part yeah. the last hole. <laughs> like I, hey. I literally put it like within eight feet of the first playoff I, hole. Like I, I understand. I understand. How is that Paul losing? I understand, <laughs> but you know why the T pad? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Let's get into. Are we gonna get we into that? Just, we can just jump straight into that. If you let's want. jump right into that. This was like a lot bigger thing that I realized thought it was ever gonna be. This is fucking stupid. I'm sorry. This is dumb. Like, I, go ahead, because I, I don't even know where to start. Like, I mean, like, the whole big thing started while, the, obviously, the, the crunching of the tee pad. Paul immediately made a reference to it. He walked back, talked to, not too sure, it might have been the TD, and then going over to talk to Jeff Spring immediately after. Uh, you look back at, the, like, the camera, the, he, there was, like, a clear um, – I don't really, I don't know how this happens or what is actually actually happening, but his foot definitely like goes in the tee pad a little bit. And if you do look in the same round, one hole one when he played it previously, it did the exact same thing. He did park it, so yes. that's yeah. also. And that I will, I will say it wasn't as up. extreme. Sure, because um, there was definitely a crease left afterwards. You know what I mean? And yeah, Heimberg, you saw it on Calvin Heimberg. Yeah, yeah. You, so you can still see it on Calvin Heimberg. Um, but evidently, he was complaining that the bottom of the artificial tee pad kind of came up on the corner on his pivot foot um, and caused an errant early release, I guess mm-hmm. is what you would kind of say. If this happened to anybody else, I don't think people would be making... Not a fucking word would be no, said. No, I know. I definitely think the yeah. words would be said. No. Yes. No. I definitely... like. I definitely. I don't think. I don't think if, if think of it happened to anybody else, nobody else is making a social media post complaining about it. Nobody's fucking. Yes, running but I think I, the fucking care in the TD director and the DGP tour director. To be fair, that was the also. second time he did it that round too. Yes, absolutely. Nobody's gonna fucking I, be lying to do I'm that. Sorry, bullshit. guys. I think you're. I think more disc golfers in that situation would will do it. He's he's not the only one to do this i think it's just because he is viewed as this high and mighty this tom brady-esque person he everybody steps to, everybody steps around eggshells and the moment he fucking steps out you guys jump down his throat and fucking shit on him and i think it's you shouldn't be doing that like I, he I think any, not any other disc golfer, uh, I'll admit. There's certain disc golfers I want to, but if this happened to Waisaki, I definitely think he's going to say something. If this happens to, maybe you not Waisaki's going to go right to the TD or the Pro Tour rep and say something, because I disagree. He might make reference in a social media, I, but no way he's going to the I, I, I definitely No way he's going to the Not on camera, not at that moment, not right away. No maybe way. not. Maybe not. He's he's definitely doing. Yeah, he's definitely doing something. I okay. I disagree. Eagle is not. And doing I think that. with with Paul, it's 
he he has this reputation to so he's gonna take everything. He has to try it. He has to go for it because he has this reputation of being the goat. And if he's losing, he not viewed as this person. And he 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 has himself on this pedestal that he has to be the best of the best. And dude, that that win meant nothing to Paul. That win does nothing in the notch of the book. That win it's does, a win. It does, it does nothing for his it's career. It's a win. And all he does is shit on the another player's win because of what he said. I would say that's like the one bad thing where I'm saying this is like it is immediately after how long Calvin's uh taken to win an elite series. He even talked about it in his post round interview about like the wins that he has had has been asterisks next to them because he feels like they're yeah. not up to like what a typical win would be looked at. So immediately now this win that he gets after so long is being immediately discredited. Yeah, it's Paul it's Paul's slip up. It's yeah, it's it's out of he was lucky. He was fortunate. Let alone the fact that he parked that hole th- every time but once that final round. He, I think he birdied every other time on that hole, except for one round, and that was earlier in that day. And then he answers back and birdies then. And the other thing is, you, you're right. Paul has all this goatness. You want to know who else has it? Paige Pierce, and she doesn't pull this shit. She doesn't do this. She's congratulated. She's there supporting the other disc golfers. Yeah, but she, she's she, there she, doing she's bending all that. Then, Paul. It, it she, doesn't she, matter. This she, you are. We are being displayed in my eyes of like the way right way of port, of sportsmanship in this with the, these two polar, these two pinnacle athletes in the FPO and MPO. You have one doing it right, and you have one looking like a Karen, and it and it's just a poor form. And it and there's a time and place. You want to criticize all that? You do it off camera. You make sure you're not seen. You have that on a private. Um, conversation without the audience there, without the fans there, without any of that. You, there's there's a time and place for that. I think also there's no reason to have a conversation at all. I understand you're pissed off at something that you might seem to be out of your hands, but them the breaks be done, bro. <laughs> yeah. Nothing can happen. Them are the breaks, right? Like honestly, and the same thing goes for the OB throw, the bounce off the bounce off the um, trash cans, as everybody wants to call it. All right, let's talk about that real fast because I'm actually a lot more interested in this whole conversation because i think this one's just utter bullshit first let's just get like a little bit of voting here do you think that the trash cans on the bottom of the pole should be there do you care or do you have an opinion either way it doesn't matter to me but i understand why they're there and the purpose that they're there what are you talking about you the know how there's that, that black thing where it says like zing on it on the bottom oh of the on the bottom, bottom of the yes. yes or yes. the styrofoam pads they've had I don't care. They can be there. Right. It's Who gives a shit? It's advertising. It, everyone just says they look so ugly. I don't think they look that ugly. I think they look fine. I mean, it's not like the most beautiful thing I'm seeing, and I'm sure they're going to improve upon it unless they get taken out because of all this complaint. But it, it's there. It's part of the course. Everybody plays with it. When you have elevated baskets, you have the same style of thing. If you're it's on dis- every practice round. You know <laughs> it's going to be there, right? Yes, so if it hits absolutely. off and it rolls, it gets a weird reaction off it. Okay, that's part of the course. No one says anything when your disc hits a tree and it rolls. They don't complain about that being in the position it is. So why are you complaining about this? Just because you're mad it's happening to your disc. And I might add, this was like a once in how many times. How many times have we seen the disc react in such a way where it was rolling OB or blah, 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 all that. And I think the only reason we're complaining about it is because it put Paul McBeth further back in in the, the competition. And people were just mad about that. Yeah, no, that that's a whole other. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand that argument. Like, what's it matter? Like the whole right. argument of if it's not there, would wouldn't have been ob. Doesn't necessarily mean it would have been a birdie either. Yeah, <laughs> you know that this was coming in so yeah. hot. I, I think I, maybe I, if he hits that that I don't even know what to call it, but I just call it the trash can. It's not a trash yeah, can. That's that's what I call it. It. Yeah. Um, if it w- wasn't coming in so hot, it wasn't gonna get that reaction. No, and, and yeah, that even that was. You know what I mean? That was an interesting scenario too. But yeah, I don't understand that. I get it. Oh it yeah, wasn't necessarily all the trash can. It wasn't no. really the trash can's fault, anyways. You have the OB that's like, I fifteen feet away. Like you're complaining that your disc rolled fifteen feet. Like come yeah. on, how often does that happen? Yeah, no kidding. We saw it just before it happened to Matty O on a putt. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah, it, yeah. That that one was dumb too. I I understand. Like it's unfortunate. Nobody's saying it's not like. Not unlucky, but it's not. It shouldn't be that uh, big of yeah. a. It's partially because like who a, it is. 
I don't think that it's a big break. I don't think that it's a bad break or whatever. I think you have to know, like, it's just team down. You should know that. I mean, this is to be said, like, a lot easier said than done, obviously. And I'm sure this is what what he was planning. But, like, that's just part of the whole. That is part of the challenge of the whole is knowing where to land. So I'm not necessarily saying this is the best shot or the great shot that a lot of people say that were punished. It's like, no, it was punished because it wasn't the best shot on that hole. Yeah, no. Yeah, if if that was slightly more nose up, you know what I mean? It would probably have reacted differently. But yeah, then that was dumb too. And then even after, like you alluded to, even after that, he's getting clarification if there was the rules, mm-hmm. um, whether it should be treated as an island, everything along those lines. You know what I mean? And I get it. I understand you're trying to get to – that's a difference between a drop zone versus a putt for mm-hmm. par. You know what I mean? So I understand it where almost you're guaranteed bogey at the drop zone. So, and you're in the thrill of a competition. I, I get asking it. You know what I mean? It's just, I, I don't know. I think it could, I think it all could have been handled better. I think it's, it's a shame to see it. And I think it, it dilutes what the game was. And it was, man. And the other thing about that is that tournament was great. It was so close. It was a nail biter. You had a playoff. You had a three-way tie, I think, with like one or two holes left to play at one point. It was tied to the last hole. Yeah. So, you know, a three-way tie on the last hole. And all that's taken away because of a lost footing on a tee pad and the, and the actions and the words afterwards. Mm-hmm. And now, now we're no longer discussing disc golf. We are discussing standardized tee pads and we're discussing all this other stuff instead of the great disc golf that happened on the, over the weekend. And that's, that's what's discerning about it. You know what I mean? Like I said, there's a time and place you could, you could have complained, man, all those disc golfers are sitting in the parking lot after that tournament. Everybody knows everybody can bitch about that. You can have that conversation on the side, but when you do it on camera and even if he doesn't think he's on camera, you're still doing it in front of the fans. <laughs> you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I just, I just disagree with it. And like I said, and, and it just takes away from everything that happened prior. You know what I mean? Taking away the fact that it was a park job by Calvin. <laughs> yeah. So, and that that's, and it's, and I just expect better. And, and you're right. Does he want to win every damn tournament? Sure. Absolutely. And there, that's what makes him great. But it happened, bro. Like, tough. Like, get over it. Like, fuck. It's like the kid like sulk. It's like the kid that strikes out in little league. That's like sulks on the bench and like it's just annoying as fuck. Like, dude, you got every win in the book. You're the greatest, and nobody's challenging it. Like this win means nothing to you. Like, yeah. what? What's the point? That's I think awesome. every I, I, he's in such the mentality though when he like if he doesn't win, he's mad. So, um, yeah, but I think he did. There was like um a good thing about it that. Kind of a good thing. A conversation that was brought up was the, then the standardization of the T pads and that conversation. Yeah. So what? What? How are your feelings on it? Because we had this debate with the baskets. Yeah, um, I think I understand where they're coming from. Especially, I understand this way more than the whole basket situation because we said this when we talked about it was because this kind of directly goes in hand in hand with player safety, right? Could you imagine if let's say something happened and Paul McGrath like broke his ankle or sprained his ankle, did something injured himself? Yes. That's a big problem that I think needs to be addressed. However, you can't really necessarily like everyone says the concrete, t- concrete T pads are the best. I'm not going to disagree with that. However, in, like in temp courses, no, yeah, I saw that. I know you disagree. <laughs> However, um, when you go to like all these temp courses where either um, they're not there year round or there's uh, holes or tees getting like switched, Jonesboro, right? Yeah, yeah, you can't have concrete tee pads. You need those different styles to adjust for that. And I think that if we took these courses away, that would suck. Like in all honesty. So wait, we're talking about standardized tees pads now? Yeah, because yeah. of what happened. No. Uh, that's... I I don't like standardized tee pads. I like I like the mixture of the tee pads of concrete because I really don't like concrete tee pads because I'm a, a a barefoot disc golfer and I drag my toes a lot, so I meant to have my toes get all cut up and it hurts a lot. But so I like um, AstroTurf, the ones that like the fake grass, whatever. Those yeah. are those are like top notch for me. But I want. 
unless unless they're going to standardize it and it's not going to be concrete because I think that's the only way you're going to have to do it because of the courses that aren't permanent. You, you have to have some sort of like box that standard fucking not maybe even put concrete in the box and it just be heavy as fuck. I feel like that's, can you do that? Sure, you can. Like have basically a porch, pour concrete into the porch, mm-hmm. and then it's moved with like forklifts. <laughs> but that's a lot that. of work. So I don't think they would do that. I think it would just be like boxes that. Uh, certain has to be certain and i like because even they complain about like i was watching something and uh conrad was complaining about um the length of a t-pad and if we're going to standardize we're going to standardize length and i think that's fucking stupid too i think the length and the width and whatever the course wants like um warren one of my favorite courses has like this weird big ass fucking like diamond shaped fucking tea pad for like the third hole for no reason at all. And I loved it. Like there was so many places you could throw off of it. So, but I don't think this should be the standardized tea pads. I also don't think this should be the standardized as- baskets. I don't think this should be any standardization. The only standardization should be come from, from, from being the disc. There you go. I don't mind it. I don't mind that. I don't mind the idea of it. I, the difficulty to assess it is the problem, and there's no way of doing that. And no matter how big the tee pads are, you're still gonna have, like, man, everybody. The the latest um, DDO that's going on, they got brand new tee pads, 15 feet long. You still see players stepping off of them. Yeah, I, was saying, I think <laughs> Conrad, no matter what how long the tee pad is, he's starting from behind it. Doesn't yeah, matter how so like it 15 is. feet long, and like you know what I mean. So no matter how large there are. Um, and so yeah, I, I like the concept. I like the idea. Is this is a little bit different than your standard other sports, right? Like you don't have the standard like field base sizes. Like you know what I mean. You don't have ninety feet from each base, or you know what I mean. The standards along those lines to where you just can't make it happen. Like it just can't. Like you said, if you start losing, if you lose out on Jonesboro and some of these other historical courses because of that, then you know what I mean? We're moving in the wrong direction at that point in time. You know what I mean? And I I like the idea. Now, if I think you're going to go standardized, you don't go material, you go size. Yeah, but then like, like if it's just size, I don't think it really matters too much. Yeah. Yeah. I I get it. I want us to go less in the standardization. Like the only standardization should be like the width of the basket has to be the actual basket of the pin has to be this, at least this mm-hmm. width or whatever can exceed this much like that. I don't want the same baskets at every course. I don't even like if you want to standardize it, like don't standardize anything. I just don't think I think that takes away so much of what our sport is and what the sport stands for. Yeah, I I, I, I get it. There, yeah, their argument is just it's a it's a tour, and that's what it. Yeah, means. and the, I I understand, and I think uh, because I think the more that goes on, there's going to be a separation of culture between what is professional disc golf and what is like recreational disc golf, and like the more we go with the standardization stuff like that, that divide is going to get a lot bigger. Yeah, and I and I think that's what I think seems a little bit more scary to us more so than what others is mm-hmm. like it's not a talk about like every time we hear this we we think like all disc golf and it's mm-hmm. standardization of the tour is yeah different. you know what i mean like so <coughs> i get it but yeah i think but you know what i mean a fair start would be size a fair start would you know what i mean like those are easy starts <laughs> like and then you can move on from there you know what I mean, and even and even if, like in situations where player safety, so I, everybody wants to throw this out with Paul about player safety and everything along those lines. Even you alluded to it. Mm-hmm. There's been plenty of tournaments where, um, because the tee pads haven't been safe, they have allowed off to the side. They've allowed, you yeah. know what I mean. So they adjust to the situation. You know what I mean. So it wasn't like this corner of this t- specific tee pad was flapping in the wind or anything like that. <laughs> You know what I mean? It was but just... that, that's why if I think they're going to standardize that they're going to not just standardize size, they're going to standardize material too mm-hmm. for player safety. 
and that that's what they will put this umbrella and it'll be it'll be it'll be fine for the pro but again i think it'll i think there's such a divide between the recreational and the pro that th- there is nine times out of ten maybe, sorry eight times out of ten you go up to somebody playing disc golf they're not going to know anything about the pro disc golf scene and i think i might be underestimating that and that's that's my like that's the problem and if you put more standardization into it I think that it will detract from the ability for recreational people to get into that, mm-hmm. to get into the pro scene. Like, like if it's going to be honest, I out of us three, I watch the least amount of disc golf, and I could not watch disc golf ever again and be fine with it, and still play disc golf every single day. Mm-hmm. Like, and and I feel as though I'm probably. I'm probably the most recreational disc golfer out of us. Like I, the way I throw, how I view my discs and just, you are more into the numbers, more all into that. And I'm, I think I'm more of a real disc golfer out there. If we were going to pick, I am, I am the average disc golfer. I am the average disc golfer. I'm closest. I'm closest to the average than, than you guys are. Okay. And, I just don't think standardizing, adding more, having only disc catcher baskets, having only concrete tee pads that are only 15 feet by by three feet or whatever. I'm going. That's going to attract me from watching it. Not having bullshit fucking props like the fucking mozzarella sticks. Taking away from that, that's going to make me take away from disc golf. Like honestly, I. Like the first tournament, I love that. I watched fucking that whole thing. I actually watched because I watched some of DDO today, and one because Gavin Rathbone was being shown a lot, and I love watching that guy, even though he did not have a good no, he did not good day. But we'll talk about that in a little bit after we talk about the FPO. Um, but it's just the same. I I just don't. I just can't get into it, and I think I'm. I just don't know if there's anything that could get us into it, to be honest. No, I think that the, that this is like a big focal point of like the creativity and like the uniqueness of every single course and what disc golf can bring. Like no matter what it feels like when you go to like a baseball field or a football field specific, like the course that's played on is the same, right? Then there's extra amenities that make it cool. That's like the reason you want to go to like AT&T Park because you want to see the, the the attractions that go along to it. Yeah. And that's like part of like the, the disc golf courses too that we get to see yeah. on every single course. It might not be as big and luxurious, but like a big part of me wanting to go to the preserve was I knew I was going to be playing on Prodigy Baskets and I was never going to be able to do that again probably or very slightly. But I knew that was something that was attached to that course in specific and it was something cool that I got to appreciate with that. I get it. I yeah, I see it. I don't. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, is what it is. I, I don't think. I, yeah, I don't think the standard. As much as you're saying that, Reed, like you're the most regular, and then in the same line, you say I don't care if I ever watch any disc golf, right? Yeah. So most most of those people aren't watching. Yeah. No. So I'm why good. would standardized things scare them about watching it? You know what I mean? Like I don't think they're gonna watch either way. So you you get what I'm saying? Yeah, but There's finding out that. Like, cause I think if like the average disc, like if like the average disc golfer heard about the first tournament where they had like the putting challenge and all that shit, I think the average disc golfer would tune into that. Fair. The, I oh yeah, I agree. The all star you're talking yeah, about, like yeah. the all star, like and then the first day, and then watch the second day just to just to keep up with Maybe. it because they yeah. watched the first day. And I think if you had the next tournament, be like, oh, I just I don't. It's just something that I don't. If you keep it the same, I think it's, they'll be less likely to jump in and watch it. Interesting. But well, yeah, we should have we should announce the winners. Calvin Heinberg, obviously, we discussed one, but yeah. also in the FPO, um, Kristen Tatar with a dominant win yes. Um, yes. in the FPO field. I want to say it was 10 strokes, if I'm recalling correctly. Nine, yep. 10. 10 strokes over Missy Gannon, yeah. Yeah. So. 24 down. Yeah, averaging yeah. over a thousand disc golf, a thousand rated disc golf in the tournament. Yeah, Just did she well? Russian things. Yep, that tournament. Maybe things to come. 
I, don't, I mean, this is like the Tatar where, like I said, like I said this on the spit out too, where it reminded me of like a 2016 page where it was just like pure domination, where every single thing was working the entire time. Yeah. And if Kristen Starr can continue to play like that, it's going to be very hard, I think, for anybody to stop her. I did read um, Green Splatter's article about her, and it was pretty interesting about how she's only been in the golf for nine years, I thought was kind of interesting. And she talked about um, the transition into. Like in her early days, she'd get she'd psych herself out and get nervous because she was keeping pace with the best in the world, and she didn't yeah. feel like she'd been there long enough to do so. Mm-hmm. And so, like, and then she would just early on, she said she she like psych herself out and then started playing bad. So it's just it's interesting to see that, and it was also really cool to see like the support that Latitude <laughs> gave her um, in their latest contract. She kind of alludes to that. So it was it was a nice, interesting article. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I, I, She's she is truly incredible. Um, has finished in top three in every tournament except for two or three in her career. I'm sorry, in her entire career, and she's finished in the top three since Worlds. Yeah, Worlds was one of them, and I think she had like a European Open and one other. But every other tournament she's played in top three. Yeah, career. She's <laughs> she's, she's. If you want to hear my opinion on. Kristen Tar, check out the 420 special. <laughs> I I give a good opinion on Kristen Tar. It's pretty, it's pretty spot on. Check it out. Yeah, she she just shot unbelievable. It's nobody, everybody else just like it was her, and then everybody else was just trash. Like she was the only one flying, like finding the hitting the lines and hitting the fairway basically. And, and I think like also. You know what I mean? When she's at her worst, she still finds a way to be better than the field and mo- more often than not. Like At least towards the worst, top, yeah. 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 But that's what I feel worst. like. That's what I feel bad about. Like she had such a good fucking round and a good fucking tournament when she didn't need it. She could have shot her worst and still won the tournament by yeah. That, that, yeah. Like it's just no, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and like the problem is, I feel like there's not a whole lot to say about the FPO just because of the pure domination. Yeah, it was. Had, it was. Right? Yeah. All, all I have to say is Kristen Natar, for the most part, like, that she, was she, her tournament. She yeah, she just she broke she broke everybody. Yeah, but I mean, then transitioning into DDO, then it seems like both winners are not having their best start. Yeah, Calvin Heimberg plus two, Kristen Natar plus six. Yeah, with uh, the dynamic disc top female, Paige Chu. Tied with her. Oh, look at that. Yeah, Paige Shoes first like tournament, like, and she's plus six right now. Still holding on to that with what Valerie's yeah. doing. I might agree with you on the Kona, but you can't you can't agree with what oh, Valerie's yeah, Val- doing. Val- well, <laughs> her sister's actually the one that's up. Mm-hmm. Her sister's in top five, right? They're, they're yeah. two strokes away, yeah. yeah. She's uh currently tied for sixth. She's, she's another one that's like a very good early performer. She always seems to have very good Day one, day two um, performances. The one person that hasn't had a good fucking day one performance is Paige, and she actually is leading right now with neg two, which excites me. I just want her to get another win. I want her, like, I want a fucking good tournament so she. When, hey, when's her documentary coming out, guys? I have no idea. I thought it was coming out like the end of last season, right? Yeah. Uh, like, she maybe, like, maybe when they didn't, yeah. If they didn't win She scrapped it. Maybe yeah. maybe building another one. She may have scrapped so, it. So, I don't know. I'm just happy to see her. Haley is plus two. I think she's going to do better. I think she I think she does at least the top three finish. I'm going to take okay. that for Haley, top three finish. I actually do in my prize picks. But we'll talk about that later. Yeah, we'll talk about Kirby. Um, I have her as one of my picks. Haley's been awfully quiet this year. And granted, I know she missed a couple tournaments. Yeah. I think and then she also, you know what I mean? She she skipped a couple and then missed one because of weather. You know what I mean? So it'll, it'll be good if she can kind of get out there, get, get visible uh-huh. a little bit. Um, it seems that's kind of does. I don't know if that's on Haley or if it's also like this is kind of where we may see the differences between sponsors, you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I'm not sure if that's Haley necessarily or you know what I mean, to giving in her game if it's a no but not promoting. But it just seems like she's promoted a little bit more when she is with 
uh, Discraft and just my opinion. I think we've always said that about Anova, though. Yeah, that's not really Anova doesn't really even like Calvin Heinberg winning. I they gave him a disc. They released it. Uh, yeah, remember? They the yeah, they did. I saw that. Uh, Isn't it back stamped too? Uh, yeah, yeah, bottom stamp. Yeah, yeah, it's bottom stamp. Uh, Good for him. You gotta give him. A, gotta give him hmm. something. Yeah. But. You want to know who else shoots really good at the beginning of tournaments, day one? Thomas Gilbert and Brody Smith. They are always up day one, Thomas Gilbert, Brody Smith. Uh, Thomas Gilbert's actually leading. We actually saw Paul get the last couple holes. He had a few hiccups. He was up there tied with them. He bogeyed like the last three holes. Yeah, he... I, I I think he I know he bogeyed the last two I'm almost certain of it but yeah he he had a few hiccups so he dropped down to out of top two out of the lead card and he was actually shooting really well too I was really surprised yeah so you don't like, ex- you don't expect Brody to shoot the same tomorrow me yes no I don't I don't no Brody said he was gonna get top fifteen. I think he was talking about the skins thing. Yes. Well, that doesn't make sense because there's only four people. Yeah, I know. I don't know why he wouldn't say just top four then and like make the joke like real obvious. But like yeah. maybe it was like his way of like just in case he did top fifteen in DDO, he could like pull it back. But did I you see you like the package that for that skins thing that was they were no. handing out? It was like fifty bucks. You got a prototype new putter from Gateway. You got a commemorative wizard. Wizard. And like they were giving like either like a discount, like a fifteen dollars gift certificate to Gateway, or but then eight dollars went to the pro, and then you picked a pro, and then if you're pro one, you went into a fucking special uh, drawing for better prizes. Who? How many people picked Scott Stokely? I don't know. That's what that's what I thought. I'm like, man, because I was honestly gonna do it because Simon was out shit on his Instagram. I'm like, man, maybe I should do this just for the prototype. There was also like if you bet if you put in a hundred bucks. Um, you got a ticket to the fucking, t- uh, not the tournament, but to the course money went to the pros too. It was pretty cool, but it's just a cash grab, man. Hey, oh, yeah. All that shit is a that cash was, uh, that wasn't that on top of the $200 ticket. Yeah. Well, that, that wasn't even a ticket to get in. That was just yeah. a, that was just a, that was, just that like, was for people that didn't go. They're like, Hey man, you can get a commemorative disc and you can get mini two bills for a ticket just to watch with a meet and greet with a meal i believe i think hey you know that meal is fucking dope (sighs) steak what if it's like some fry festival fucking (laughs) cheese on some sliced bread type shit like (laughs) i would hope so um yeah man i don't i man eagle crossing as much as i'll probably make my way there it's yeah, just, eventually. yeah, something just just feels like just feels like a little grimy. Like I don't know what it is. Like everything surrounding it. I said that from the beginning, yeah. bro. It just like it just sounds too like sweet to be true from some dude who's never played disc golf before to make the best disc golf course in the world. That's yeah. just odd. Yeah, and like even like the the you know what I mean the the, <laughs> the reservation to play, how much that cost, that all and like every bit two hundred dollars for not even a full. That's like a one day event. It's a eighteen holes. It's a three hour event. You're charging two hundred dollars for. But people pay for it. Like that's. I, they're, they're I, like, it. I feel like this is like the first time people are finally being like, I don't want to say exploited, but like they're really kind of like testing how much people will spend. Yeah, man, but you don't want this to be successful at the same fucking rate because the moment it does, that's when you start losing more than the standardized, in my opinion. When this sport starts becoming more expensive to play or more expensive to enjoy, yeah, that's when you're going to start losing people th- to it. Yeah, yeah, but you think you, you can? You have to have certain. You have to have a certain fucking name brand for that shit to sell. You're not going to put fucking Matteo. Nathan McQueen, fucking. They put, I was kind of, they put Scott Stokely on there. I didn't think that was. Yeah, but name you had Simon Lazat and fucking Brody Smith. Yeah. yeah, well, Simon filled in for Eagle. Okay, oh, you had yeah, Simon. Yeah, yeah. Simon too. Yeah. Who is the fourth? Are we gonna? Oh, I'm drawing a blank. Right. Okay. We sound like assholes. We do. Um, Barsby. 
No, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I, that doesn't feel uh, right. Um, but no, talk- Stokely kind of makes sense. He's got enough of a following and enough of a base social media. Same with Brody. Oh, Brody made sense. I was there. I mean, like I kind of get. Both yeah. So I I kind of understand. Both. No, that, that's what I'm saying. Like it's 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 the name. And are we going to talk about the eagle injury? Like even okay. though he said this was going to be like. It was a that was a planned doctor visit and a planned doctor time off kind of yep. thing. But he was playing like a couple events just before that. It's like, oh yeah, that makes sense. No, I like so you, you think it's bullshit that this wasn't a like it wasn't already planned too. It just so happened that he hurt himself, or you like you think he's going to take a really big step back because of this injury? I think he's going to take like a really. I don't think he's going to play another tournament the rest of the year. Whoa! You think he's going to be shut down for the year? Yeah, he made he made a post about it. it. Said that like if the doctor doesn't give like the AOK the next time he's gonna be back is when he could be throwing 100 percent forehands. And he said he was only supposed to be throwing 80 percent forehands at this last tournament. His, his shoulder popped out. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think that like he's not gonna throw until he thinks that he can throw 100 percent on that sidearm. He's not gonna play another tournament, which I don't can I can't see that happening at the end of this year. At that at some point with what this guy does and the torque that he does. He probably shouldn't be throwing 100% forehand almost ever, in my opinion. He should be trying to take – and I get the difficulty of saying that and doing it are two different things, but this, he might want to consider to be possibly taking something off some of these. You know what I mean? Or yeah. not, or trying to use it less as a weapon and being able to kind of try to salvage it along those lines. Yeah. So – I think we've seen it with other pros, you know what I mean? Ricky and stuff like that have kind of really more gone to yeah. the back end, which is less strain on your body. Mm-hmm. So, and I think I'm, I'm worried for him because I think his game and what sets him apart from the field is his forehand. And if. Which should he, be a, a reason where he's okay with taking a little bit off when you're yeah, that much. No, precisely, else in the field. precisely yeah. that, or, you know what I mean? It could be a form thing. Maybe maybe you don't take it off, or, but your form is better to where it creates a little bit less strain. You know what I mean? Something along those lines. There's tweaks to be had. You know what yeah. I mean? Is all that we're just trying to say. And I hope. I man, I wish. Yeah, I don't want. I don't. Disc golf with ego is so much better. So I really hope it doesn't carry on long. But there comes a point, and even Simon had to do it, where you had, you got to shut down if stuff's not right. But look at it. He's now he's out in the course throwing forehands like it was nothing. Yeah. I got so. you. I would say his game has changed significantly for that injury too, and I think Eagles will also. I think you kind of have to adjust, and it makes sense. You know, you know what I mean. And it, and that's been pro- probably think, like something. If I'm like Gannon Burr and some of these other guys, this is something that I gotta like start looking to at, and possibly considering it in my game for the future. Also, you know what I mean? Because if you're looking at some of the biggest names having similar problems, similar issues, with Eagle never wins the worlds. I'm sorry. Eagle will never win the worlds now. With with the specific shot type, you you gotta consider making adjustments. That's when everybody starts throwing left handed. That might be a solution. There you go. I think I think about that. We could start jumping into some of our prize picks. How you guys feel about that? Sure. Yeah. Let's take a look. I haven't looked yet, guys. I haven't looked yet. That's just gonna be the, the new thing. All right, guys. If you do want bet on, you want to do it right. It looks like you're oh, excited to do it. Okay. If you do want to bet on disc golf, make sure to download Prize Picks and use our code Kirby K E R B Y to get your first deposit up to one hundred dollars match, one hundred percent. And you get to bet on disc golf. It's fun. I got. Everybody's one. doing it. It's first time this year. I actually I got a four out of four bet. So I'm, I'm excited. Nice. That whole one prop, pff, golden. <laughs> Everybody went over on it. Nice. I know. I should have fucking listened to you. I didn't listen to you. <laughs> I man, I'm like, you want to know what? Heimberg's coming off a win. It's hole one. He's gonna just park the fucking shit and be pimp daddy Mac and and Heimberg sucked a big dick. Teaches yeah. me to bet on Heimberg. Yeah, I mean, I made this bet like right when I looked at the weather beforehand. I saw that the wind it was gonna be raining, so I already chose all the overs. And then the hidden lines guy and Twitter were updating pretty much every single like. 20 minutes or like 39 out of 40 people have not got whole one and then it like kept going and there's only like three people the entire tournament that got whole one there you go so like, Goodbye. i i kind of did the same thing you did when i uh logged in 
before the men even finished and the uh, females was already posted and it was, I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, is it supposed to be as bad as it is? He's like, yeah, but not till later. So all the females, guys, I bet the under. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Especially after the field, what happened today? Yep. I, yeah. Well, okay. In good conditions, right? Maybe just windy, right? As to be honest, the, the, okay. Yeah. I, I, to be honest, I only did the Haley King and the Paige Pierce on the under, but I think all of on the under is gonna fucking do really well. I, I don't think Tatar is gonna fucking lay a six, and I think Tatar only has to throw minus one. I think even the win plus one. She throw even under. She's not throwing a plus six. Um, like Paige has to throw. Uh, minus no, Paige has to throw even to fucking win too. Yeah. yeah. So it, I honestly, with the win conditions, I don't. We we saw it. I think everybody's gonna do a little bit better because they already played the win like this. So I think all the females on the under. Yeah, I think it's really gonna be if anybody goes OB. You know what I mean? Yeah. To where take instead of doing turning what might be a bogey into a double. You know what I mean? Like, that's where you're going to start running into trouble. But I see Reed's point on that. The Haley under is kind of coming out. I agree with you on that one. From my looks of it, that's kind of what I'm seeing. Um, Let's see. What's Dickerson at? I actually have Dickerson. My other ones, I have Dickerson on the over. And I have Sexton on the under because I think he's, he's... I don't... Like the guy that name has to get under. He was one of the only two. Sexton was the only one of two players today to not have a bogey. Yeah, yeah. And I also and one of my new who overbets, Mister Gannonburr. No, yeah. I mean, I can see Gannonburr. I don't know. Like, it's he's someone that plays very well. I think in all types of conditions. So I could see him. So I just can't find a bet, like a bet that I'm like, yep, that that's it, that's the one I want to go with, because they're just like, it's so weird seeing pros at this caliber being shown yeah. like plus ones and over parts. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's kind of weird. Yeah, so if you want to bet, even though he sucked the last three, the last three holes, um, it was a little sad about Paul McBeth after a playoff, after he basically after playoff. He has six wins, and he doesn't place less than third place. So that's bound to say something. I would and bet he him on the has under. history on this. Yeah, of course he's. So know, I so he's probably a safe bet with the under. I'm not betting him though. Not betting him this round at least. But again, but again, guys, I'm not doing really well when it comes to disc golf. My other bet, my 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 NBA bets. It's good. We don't discuss that. No, it's, <laughs> it's just a podcast. So yeah. not too much. Um, um, I'll I'll cue into your NBA price picks podcast when you get one. Um, anything you're sticking out, Jay? I agree with the Haley King. I think I I like the Garrett Gerthy over. He is at par to push right now. He shot plus one last round, but he did shoot 100 circle one, which. The, I, I just don't see Garrett Gerthy doing that back-to-back rounds. And with the wind and the conditions, again, I think that we're going to see high scores. And he's someone that, you know, shooting even. He didn't do it last round, so I can't see him in worse conditions doing better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the yeah, it's supposed to be worse conditions, what, around three, you said, I think? The, I mean, it's it's windy since 11. Like, it's yeah. gusts of wind. So, so I, this punt I, is not too good. Well, in the wind, I mean, he should prove that wrong this round, but just overall, the style is not the best. I kind of like Simon under two, like two. Know. I just don't like anyone under. <laughs> the only person I, I have, I do like the page and the Tatar under. I'm both taking those. I like the Paul under just a same stat, bore down. I think it's very replicable. Repli- repli- I don't know how you're one of the top people with Brody Smith leading the pack and you fucking have to get neg one. What the fuck, man? It's just price picks always like his number for price picks is always annoying as fuck. Yeah. So he's like minus three, minus two. Strokes is over par. Is it? For Brody. Yeah, it's It's plus plus one. one. It's even plus one. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me, guys? 
They don't think he can replicate that. And he I, has sixty four percent circle one putting too. So there's a lot of strokes that he left out there. All he had was I know, guys. Maybe that's an under. I think they're this course kind of like Brody always plays to those like relatively open bomber. I think he is kind of his best tournaments. But yeah, man, he's a tough one. I agree. I think we're all in agreement on the Haley King. Um, I agree with the page. I really think Simon is almost a lock for me. I really think. And I don't think his game will struggle in any condition. I think the way he's playing right now, he's playing golf in a lot of ways, more so than he ever has. So I think I'd take him on the under. Um, I like Sexton on the under. And then, so that's four unders, and you guys are all stressing out about it. Yeah, I don't like unders at all. <laughs> and then mm. I would probably most likely I kind of see Reed's Dickerson play. My only problem is with Dickerson. Like it seems like man, Dickerson will always have a round where it's like just doesn't look like it's working. You know what I mean? Sure. And then the next day he's lights out. Like, or you know what I mean? So like it's and he's also as much as he's done well and has had wins and has got a major, he's kind of been like I don't want to even say up and down, but it's like he's kind of had some shoddy performances throughout the season and then stellar ones a little bit. But man, and I'd probably if I'm going on an over. What did what did Drew Gibson do today? Drew Gibson. Go as around the over shot minus two two. That's crazy. Who did? Scott Stokely. Yeah, he's up there, I think, right? Top 15. 17th, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Probably... Drew Gibson shot plus three. Yeah. Drew yeah. Gibson and Gannon Burr are probably the ones that I'm looking at, like, as for sure overs. I want no part of the top guys. I have I want... Paul the under. That's yeah. I don't want I don't want to touch any of those top guys. So, in my opinion. But who knows? It was supposed to rain today, and it didn't. So you know what I mean. The but problem is like a lot of those guys too, like Chris Dickerson, Calvin Heinberg. They're shot really bad the first round, so they're going to be playing in the better conditions too. Maddie O. Oh man, I kind of like Matty O's over too. Quinn's going to go all I'm over sixty-three. That's not too bad. Yeah. Huh? All right, round two, DDO. Those are some of our little inside picks after seeing round one. Hopefully, they throw a little bit more of the whole props, but I think they lost a lot of money on the overs today, so maybe those are going to be not coming out too soon. But, guys, if you do want to bet on disc golf, make sure to to, uh, download prize picks. Use our code Kirby, K-E-R-B-Y. First deposit gets matched up to 100% up to $100. Make sure to uh, take advantage of that. But that's going to have us heading off into the infamous three doubles. In my young and more volatile years, my father gave me some advice that I've been turning around in my mind ever since. Dream doubles is greater than prize picks. Or professionalized, I'm sorry. This is Kirby's Dream Doubles, <laughs> where we take some category ranging from CODs and potheads. We find our worst disco partner. We find who we want to beat. And then we find our best disco partner. This week, we're going back to school. And hitting some English literature. We didn't decide who was going to go first. We fucked up. How about Swiss cheese? I think you wanted oh, to start sorry. this off. So, yeah, to clarify, we were going with um, school novels. Any school books, right, is kind of what we were doing. I don't want to yeah. necessarily say it was just high school. I, I did right. say school. I, I don't read books in college. We're good. <laughs> cool. Um, so, uh, let me start with my worst is Napoleon from Animal Farm. Um, one of my favorite books, but he's my worst disc golf partner. Let's begin with what it's probably the worst introduction of a partner that you could possibly have. First, a black rooster trumpets a whole cockadoodle do his arrival and his greatness. Then this large, fierce looking Berkshire boar walking on his hind legs with a bowler hat, black coat, breeches and leather leggings, carrying a whip in one hand and a drink in the other. After that, you have his caddy and a possible and a posse of dogs and sheep. Um, following along, but to your surprise, you swallow the instant trash that he sells. You're throwing, he's throwing out words like comrade and partnership and teamwork and utopian finishes. And you're like, I could really get behind this guy. I kind of see his vision. I'll kind of work with him. And then by the, by the second hole, you realize this lazy drunk fuck only provides 
threats, possible violence, and undeserved sense of greatness of his own game. Despite throwing a Nova and basically having only 13 pigs in his bag, Napoleon plays cowardly. He doesn't commit, but takes all the credit after every birdie or great shot, even awarding himself fucking medals in the process of his greatness. Fuck this prick. And the last, he's a fucking pig dressed as a human on his hind legs with hooves for fucking hands. He can't possibly throw a fucking disc beyond 12-3. That's why he's my worst also. Damn. Damn. This blue Jefferson's mind. He didn't know he was a pig. Yes, I did. Like, no way. All right. I might get hate for this, but I'm going to go with it. Great start. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a start for a couple of them. But hey, um... First, I want to say Anne Frank would love the shit out of Kirby's Disc Golf World. Be your favorite podcast. But she would definitely be the worst disc golf partner. First, I don't want to hear about her talking about Joan Crawford now, fierce of a woman she is and how she'll never be upstaged by any woman ever. How she's a total queen. Or how Ezekiel told Bernadette that Gunther doesn't, uh, doesn't really like Edith and is not really going off to camp. He's, he's just hiding out and doesn't want to talk to her anymore. Or the, how she sees the outlines of the dude's penises in the shorts on the disc golf course. She's a prepubescent girl. I don't want to fucking play disc golf with her. I'm sorry. I don't want to hear the fucking gossip. Also, she's a prepubescent girl. She's not going to be able to bomb. And guess what I need in a disc golf partner? Somebody that can fucking bomb because I sure as fuck can't. And I know what you guys are thinking. Oh, she's, she hit away. She had a bunch of time to fucking uh, putting practice. Guess what? You can't putting practice because that would make too much noise. And she'd be caught by the Nazis and then taken off a camp with Gunther. And we all know in 1939, fucking Adolf Hitler's like, you know what? Jews can't play disc golf anymore. Disc golf courses are only for the Nazis. And they made all the Nazi disc golf courses in, in Germany. We all know that's just a fact that happened. Also, she, her father is a fucking asshole. She wrote this diary with all her personal thoughts and personal hopes and dreams. And you want to know what her father did like? Let's, let's cash that in, motherfucker. <laughs> Let, let's publish this. Fuck, fuck my... After she got chased by Nazis, after she got killed by Nazis, her dad's like, you want to know what? Pay me my money. Oh, and Frank would definitely be the worst disc golf partner. We're, de turn. we're definitely <laughs> getting canceled. Yeah, this is like, <laughs> I don't think anyone ever has questioned if Anne Frank had time to practice put in the in the attic. I don't yeah, think no, that was, was debated that. Yeah. No. You want to know? I also was going to be like, I'm going to no, go. Don't say it. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. Hold on. No, 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 no. I already was like the fact that you said I was going to say and you no. decided not to. No, I don't no, want to no. hear it now. I, I was going to. I was going to honestly be like. I'm going to play the Cards of Humanity Trump card, the Apples to Apples Trump card, and Frank, the one that always wins. Yeah. And Frank or Helen Keller win every fucking time. And sometimes you mix them up. <laughs> JK? All right. Who is your worst disc golf partner? My worst In is... Okay, my worst is Captain Beatty from 451. He would clearly be the worst disc golfer because he has never thrown a disc before. In his time, <laughs> frisbees were outlawed, and his job was to make sure every last one was burnt. So the entire round, I would have to be avoiding the fire that would be constantly coming my way. So good luck to the course. The only good kind of good thing would be everyone else's disc would be getting burnt in the process, which, you know, then they go. Him being a good golfer, it just ain't there. <coughs> like taking your one buddy out who never plays but always talks a big, ga big game until his first throw goes 60 feet and in a 90-degree turn looking at you, Dan. Cat the Beatty would be the disgrace on the disc golf course and easily the worst disc golfer. Fahrenheit 451, that's a good book. Good book. Oh, man, Fahrenheit 451. That jumps right kind of into my – uh, who I'd want to beat. Master of the Segway. I know. Master Jesus. Uh, for my beat, I am taking on 1984's Big Brother. And I know what you guys are saying. There's no actual person. Fuck you guys. There was actually a person that started this fucking cult and that started this fucking test of the resolution. And it's the picture that they have of him with a little Hitler mustache. This guy has the charismatic uh, of Charlie Manson and fucking Hitler, which always fascinated me. Like anybody that can get that big of a following cult leaders – Always people I want to fucking talk to. Cause, so this is this is one of the reasons I want to beat him. Because I get to hang out with him. Like, I just be like, 
How did you get that to happen? Like, you're getting people to murder people for you. You're getting fucking people that you get to watch, fucking undress and do whatever you want. Put fucking cameras all over the fucking world. And they're still worshipping you like fucking God. How do you fucking do that? Fascinating. Always fascinating me. Like, and they're, like, there's people right up there. And I'm going to name them again. Charlie Manson, Hitler. I mean, Jesus Christ. They're all right up there. Um, so, and he's just, honestly, he's a bad dude. He's fucking murdering people, torturing people, fucking surveillance. And don't get me started on Newspeak. It's fucking crazy. That shit's fucking bullshit. So, and I'm going to take on a totalitarian government and overthrow a totalitarian government. I mean, with with disc golf. Like, fucking write a fucking power ballad about me. I'm fucking... <laughs> Like, like that's some people write about, man. Taking, taking down to Tantan government with the power of discs. Write that down. I would beat Big Brother. Well, there you go. That's a good one. Even though yeah. we have now two Hitler references in one podcast, which I don't know if this is a good thing. The ratio doesn't seem no. quite right. Yeah. No. Okay. One was Hitler. The other was Nazis. Okay. Different. Okay. I didn't. I didn't reference Hitler and Anne yeah, Frank. You said Hitler and. Uh, Bandits. You're good though. All right. And then you said you, I want to hang out with Hitler, you did, which is you also kind of weird. That, yeah. Yeah. We were going to watch If you one. cut it out, you got to listen to what I say. <laughs> to have somebody worshipped and followed, fucking murdered six million, twelve million people, dude. Just, just because of power of his voice, and the guy's like, you want to know what? That guy has. I'm gonna follow that guy. Why are you kidding me? He was a painter. He was an artist, and he's like, you want to know what? Nope. I'm cool with it. Yep. Uh, I don't need it. I don't need it. I'm sorry. I, those people just fascinate me. I don't, I don't need to, I don't, I don't need to know whatever lesson he's fucking selling me. Yeah. Man. Fascinating. Good. People are fascinated. Okay, we're going to move on. Now jump into my beats. Tom Buchanan is just a flat out prick. There isn't much more that needs to be said about this guy for me to want to beat him. To start, he's cheating on his wife, yet controls the absolute shit out of her to do whatever he wants. Second, He'd have every expensive disc there is. And I'm talking all the CE plastic in the world. And he makes like he likes make sure to show it off and berate every other person who doesn't have a disc that are worth more than $100 a piece. You already know he'd be in every sex and firebird correct co- collector group. They're outbidding everyone for the classics. Third, he got someone murdered. It's only right I get to settle the score on the disc golf course because everyone knows the best revenge is to get your ass kicked in some froth. Fuck Tommy Cannon, that pompous douchebag. He's going down. Great pick. Good pick. Gatsby. We're hitting some majors. We are hitting like check off on some majors. It's pretty impressive. Oh, Rita's yet to go obscure. Uh, I think like I, I didn't go obscure. This is like no, because this is what I I read. I can't go obscure. Like I I kind of want to go double in the white city and go HH Holmes because that would have been a decent one. Like, that but one. that's not really because that's one I read because it you. came out during my like yeah. So, but I I went with. All right, let me get into mine. Uh, my beat is Piggy from Lord of the Flies. Now, in no way, shape, or form am I condoning his murder, but without a disc golf course with sanctioned tee pads on the island, it should be no surprise shit got weird on the island, right? And I get it. Piggy is the most just, probably would have been the best leader that was on the island, but the kid... But most of the readers, for most of the readers, Piggy fucking sucks. Piggy wants absolute order and never fucking shuts up about how he has the conk. Oh, I got a conk. It's my turn to talk. Fucking you're on an island with 12-year-old fucking boys and under. Nobody gives a shit about you holding a fucking shell, bro. Seriously. I don't give a fuck about the goddamn conk. Piggy is the rules hound on the course. He's the... Know it all, the one who complains to the TD, has a note rule book on person so he can call out players on their rules and fractions. The guy has a stopwatch on the clock. He's the guy who keeps um, score of everybody's card, even during fucking practice rounds or casual rounds, which is fucking annoying as shit, too. Fuck those guys. And you have to beat them for the sheer fact that if you don't, you fear you might begin to side with the sick fuck Roger who looks for animals to torture and fucking rape. So you do have to beat him just in that respect because that guy starts to look good if you're not trying to beat him. Piggy fucking sucks. Piggy's my beat. Way to go. Beat somebody with Asmar. Fucking asshole. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Kick him while he's down. 
You ready for your best today, Kay? I am, and I think this one is pretty much a hands-down victory for who's the best. Ooh. The man has won wars, killed giants, fucked mermaids, and slattered all his foes. Odysseus from the Odyssey, the outstanding, wise, elegant man was built for Discal. Not only would he have the best abilities, peering every shot like a spear through a giant's eye, putting as if he was stabbing men pursuing his wife. Overall, just being a straight badass. The only problem would come if he would have to play anywhere near water. That's a no-go, as Poseidon would do whatever to his disc to ensure it goes nowhere. As long as we're in the woods, Odysseus has got me covered. His hubris might also kind of be annoying, because those are like the worst disc golfers to play with. But if you could back it up, who am I to complain about being partners with the best disc golfer of the course? Odysseus. All right, I'm going to go with mine, and it's kind of similar. But mine is referred to as the hero of all heroes, and it's Beowulf. He's strong, courageous, loyal, and stands by his word. This profound specimen of a man would intimidate any fucking competitor, including fucking dragons. He'd be just tossing Westside plastic all over the fucking place with utter goddamn ease. He would be out there with some form of animal pelt gnawing on fucking some jerky or mutton while slamming down pitchers of fucking mead with his trusty caddy wig laugh. Yeah, he is certainly a boorish bro with only power, albeit superhuman power at that. And though his pride will allow some blow-up holes while he follows his own fucking will and you just need to weather that storm and be consistent during those tough holes. And if that's the fucking worst, you you trade that in for never backing down from a battle or a line in front of him. Whatever... Whatever gap needs to be hit, he will deliver that. And the dude would probably also have one of the best post-round fucking sessions ever. Beowulf is my best. Man, we all three chose like the same character for our fucking <laughs> best. Because I'm going with the controversial pick, Holden McNeil Caulfield. I know what you guys are saying. Oh, he does bitch fucking win the whole time. No, he doesn't. Nobody fucking listens to him, so he keeps talking. And he keeps talking to himself or talking to you. And nobody listens to him. And that's what I would do. I would just sit and listen to him. And he's fucking, all he is is a hipster Peter Pan. He just doesn't want to grow up. He's afraid of growing up. And that's what everybody fears. That's what Disc Golf Jesus fears. That's what you fear at home. I know this. And that's all he's saying. He's like, hey, man, I don't want to deal with this shit. I just want to talk to you, and I want you to listen, and you don't have to fucking say shit. Just listen to me. And you know this guy wouldn't be throwing a Nova. He wouldn't be throwing this crap because that's all fucking for phonies. He'd be throwing, like, the India plastic, the Casta plastic, the fucking Latitude 64, the, the, the low-end uh, gateway discs. And I think he'd be having fun doing it. He'd be wearing his red fucking disc finder hat, his disc hunter hat, and he'd be having a good time on the course. And I'd have a good time because I'd just be sitting, talking, Talking about bullshit, shooting the shit. And I'd be like, hey, man, why'd you kill fucking John Lennon? And then I'd, I'd get the story about why he killed John Lennon, because that happened too. There's something about this book that fucking pulls you in, and I had to put this book on my list. Like, everybody, like, there's a reason why fucking people have this in their back pocket when they go do stuff. It's a fucking book that's out there. Disc golf Jesus is holding. I know. I I am. You are the personification. I am the. Of I am Jesus holding Caulfield. Yes. Yes. What book is I, this? I am Je- Catcher in the Rye. Yeah, I am the Jesus holding Caulfield. You've never read Catcher in the Rye. Oh man. Good, because if you would have fucking read Catcher in the Rye, you would have shot up a fucking school. Whoa! <laughs> people. No, it, most serial killers. Like, have this as one of their favorite books. It's in their library. The guy who shot Jen Lennon had it in his back pocket. And after he shot John Lennon, he said, I am Holden Caulfield. That's interesting. That's the joke about killing No, I assume there was, like, a tie back to that somehow. And, yeah, it's a huge thing. Like, even South Park did a reference about how it's, like, the raunchiest book and nobody's supposed to read it and how it... I have the next fan that sees fucking jesus on the course is like hey hold it that'd be, really hope so. that'd be fucking that would make my day more than anything else yeah. like if somebody's like oh hold it what's up yeah. <laughs> but yeah so butters after reading after reading catch on the ride he goes kill john lennon kill john lennon and like john lennon's already dead even the guy who shot ronald Re- uh tried to assassinate ron reagan had catcher in the rye on this person when he was arrested there you go so. Interesting. It, it's kind of a big deal book. Hmm. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm surprised you didn't read it. It's like, yeah, probably never read either. <laughs> but I think that was overall that was a good double, is it? Yeah. I think yeah. I knew like every book too, which I was kind of surprised about. I'm a, I'm am only upset we didn't hit um, Kill a Mockingbird. Maybe I think that's the only one that comes off the top of my head. Uh, yeah, Kill a Mockingbird. You want to know what's also funny? Um, my book is the only book that hasn't been in the movie, and will never be made in the movie. Because that's as Scott Fitzgerald, I think that's who wrote it. Um, said I uh, refused to make it into a movie, which I think would be a dope ass fucking movie. Well, I guess you and know it's funny. After Quinn telling me that he's doing Animal Farm, I saw a preview for an Animal Farm movie. Nice. <laughs> I saw a little fucking picture. I think, like, oh shit. Well, I mean, we've been going for an hour and a half, and five minutes, but I still have like a couple puzzles I do want to get to. Oh, Let's do it. I like it. We'll run dirty. All right. Heading off to some putting puzzlers then. Putting puzzlers. Putting puzzlers. All right. They're not really that cool. They're just an opportunity to talk more shit. Okay. Ready? Sure. Can a good shot go OB? Ooh. This is like does a fucking tree fall in the woods. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Why? Why? Oh, you mean how? How? If you have one that fucking bounces off the band and goes OB. Sounds like a bad shot. Sounds like you shouldn't have hit the band. Yes, but it was if I didn't hit the band and it was an inch, two inches lower, it would have gone into an ace yeah, it. So you, it's still a good shot. But, but you, you didn't. Uh, or does it? So you you say the act of it going out of bounds makes it a bad shot, no matter yeah. what. Yeah. Okay. Um, I. Yeah, when you say good, I think there's like feel good moments when you and you can, sure, go you can feel it however you want. Yeah, like I don't you, care how you, you feel. You hit like the right line, you hyzer flip something, and maybe you just pulled it in like something along those where you're like, oh, I was just off. But no, could it be a good shot? Anytime you're losing strokes, no, it's not a good shot. And then the same goes then can a good putt spit out? Then no. I agree. I don't think so. No, man. There's some good. Oh, but people say that was a perfect pop. Blah, blah, blah. Obviously, it wasn't perfect because it's not in the basket. I don't know, man. Some of these baskets on fucking today. Who, man? Ricky had a pretty bad one. Really? Where it was, it was in the bucket and it popped out. Like sounds like you should figured it out. Yep. <laughs> JK changed my mind. Right. Boom. There's so, only bad shots. Not bad players. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you just said. Put it on a fucking shirt. That's, that, that explains no. my game from it all. <laughs> I know those are the two puzzles I wanted to say. I just wanted to get that out there. Bam. Get them out oh, there. That's kind of funny. But if you guys did enjoy this podcast, it did run a little bit longer, but it seemed like it was pretty much free-flowing. So I was. Yeah. hopefully you guys did enjoy that. And we hopefully see you in the next one. Next one.